hppodcraft.com. Adam was gathering the tools which he'd been using, which, after the manner of all workmen, had been scattered about, when he noticed that several black snakes had crawled out from the heap of stones and were gathering around him. This naturally occupied his mind, and he was not thinking of anything else when he noticed Lady Arabella, who had opened the door of the carriage, slip from it in a quick, gliding motion. She was already among the snakes when he called out to warn her. But there seemed to be no need of warning. The snakes had turned and were wriggling back to the mound as quickly as they could. He laughed to himself behind his teeth as he whispered, No need to fear there. They seem much more afraid of her than she is of them. At the same time, he began to beat on the ground with a stick which was lying close to him, with the instinct of one used to such vermin. In an instant, he was alone beside the mound with Lady Arabella, who appeared quite unconcerned at the incident. Then he took a long look at her, and her dress alone was sufficient to attract attention. She was clad in some kind of soft white stuff which clung close to her form, showing to the full every movement of her sinuous figure. She wore a close-fitting cap of some fine fur of dazzling white, Coiled around her white throat was a large necklace of emeralds whose profusion of colour dazzled when the sun shone on them. Her voice was peculiar, very low and sweet, and so soft that the dominant note was of syllabation. Her hands, too, were peculiar, long, flexible, white, with a strange movement as of waving gently to and fro. That was a uh, paragraph, a very long, arduous paragraph, (laughs) from Bram Stoker's Layer of the White Worm. That's right, and you're listening to us talk about that story here on the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com. Uh, Chad, I I know that we are covering stories that HP Lovecraft talked about in yeah. his essay, Supernatural Horror and Literature. Yeah, a, can you read what he had to say about this story? I, I, think that would be... I can. It's the ingenious Bram Stoker who created many starkly horrific... Con- conceptions in a series of novels whose poor technique sadly impairs their net effect. Hmm. The Lair of the White Worm, dealing with gigantic primitive entity that lurks in a vault beneath the ancient castle, utterly ruins a magnificent idea by a development almost infantile. <laughs> and there you have it. That That's is, a, a, you know, I don't know why we didn't listen to him. Now, the the idea was, since this is a novel site, I mean, it's a novelette, basically. Yeah. And we were looking ahead, which we rarely do, and we thought, Oh, let's do this one, and it's longer so we can do three episodes on it. Yeah. And also, Lovecraft kind of made fun of it, so it'll be fun. Um, it it wasn't, was not fun. It wasn't fun. This there. book is terrible, and I wish we hadn't covered it. It hurt my purpose. The other thing that I'm mad that I did is this book was published in 1911. Yes. Uh, and then it was republished in 1925 in a severely abridged version. Basically, the original version had 40 chapters in the, the version that most people have read now that's the most widely available and that we're linking out to because it's yeah. the only thing you can get online is that 1925 version where they took the last 11 chapters and condensed them down to 5 which some people complain about and they say it makes the ending abrupt and inconsistent please I bought the 40 chapter freaking unabridged version thinking I was going to be the completest here Yeah, and I read that whole stupid thing well I skimmed it and <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You and yeah. I both, we got into this thing no, and we're no. like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. A this couple chapters terrible. in, I was like, this is this better get good. And by three-fourths of the book, I knew that it, nothing good can come of it. Nothing ever in a million yeah. years. I thought I only had to read a third of this thing, at least to do the first show. Yeah. But then we decided we hated it so much, we were just going to spend one episode on it. So we both had to rush through it very yeah. quickly. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So our thoughts are a little more disordered than, than I guess, usual, but... 
who cares? Because this is this is laughably bad. It, it, it's really, really bad. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's weird and and not fun, interesting ways. Uh, just some basic stuff out of out of the yes out of the way the here. Background. It's written by Abraham Brom Stoker. He was born in 1847, died in 1912. This story was written uh, the year before he died. He had a stroke before he wrote this story. Really? I didn't, yeah. I had heard that he had syphilis and he was dying, but I didn't yeah. have a stroke. Yeah, he had a stroke. And uh, that might have something to do with it. Because yeah. Dracula's flipping cool, man. And I don't know. This is, doesn't seem like the same guy wrote it at all. It's funny because last night we did a podcast. We guessed it on a podcast oh, yeah. uh, out of Australia called Questions of Unusual Size. And actually our reader for this week that we heard at the top is Chris Tyler, mm-hmm. who is one of the hosts of The Question of Unusual Size, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty funny. It was a really fun show to do. We talked about fear. And basically they ask a lot of questions. What is fear? What is the nature of it? They quoted a lot of studies. It seemed like a good mix of entertainment and science. And, yeah. Uh, I recommend we're going to put a link out to the show. We talked about what are the scariest books. And Dracula was on everybody's list. Big surprise. Now, I kind of suspected, and I had heard that this was a bad book. But I'd always kind of wanted to read it. Yeah, me too. I have I saw the movie. And I was a fan of the movie as a pubescent uh, person, you know, com- coming <laughs> yeah. up. Because it's really sexy and weird and funny and an interesting movie. And uh, Yeah, when I was about halfway through reading this, and I had never seen it back then. I'm actually glad I didn't watch it back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, because I don't think I would have understood it, you know, and, and I watched it and just cracked up. It was a really good movie, actually, I thought. It's pretty out there, but it was funny. Yeah, it's a cool movie. I recommend see the movie, never, ever read the book. Don't even pick up the book if you see it at a bookstore. Just <laughs> stay away from it. Avert your eyes quickly. Well, let's talk about it because I want to, you know, qualify why we didn't like it so much. Of course, it, yeah. It, I was on vacation this week, by the way, too, so this was taking up time. So I was extra angry Me too. Ab- about this because I thought it was going to be an escapist kind of good thing and instead it was just work. Our story focuses on this guy. Well, it doesn't focus on him, but he's, I guess he's the main character. Adam Salton. Uh, right. And he's the grandnephew of this guy, Richard Salton. Adam Salton grew up in Australia and... Uh, had no extended family out there. He was by himself. His great uncle, Richard Dick, Mm -hmm. as I like to call him, uh, Dick said, hey, why don't you come up here? I don't have any children. Be my heir. And Adam says, great. So he comes up to England, and there's this whole two, three chapters of them just being really into each other, which is really really into each other. Really bizarre and kind of creepy. And, yeah, yeah. And the old man, st- he's like, "Oh, I hope he, I hope he invites me to stay on the boat with him. I've never stayed on a ship overnight." And then yeah, he, he's really, very pleased. It's so stupid. And by the way, uh, Richard Salton, why do they go into the detail on this character? Because they throw him away. Yeah, he's gone after the first few chapters. They, after because, Nathaniel shows up. Yeah, Nath- Sir Nathaniel de Salas is is Dick's buddy, and he lives in this place called Doom Tower. Cool name. I'm into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's kind of this Van Helsing-like character. He's very knowledgeable about supernatural things <sighs> and history. Is he? And the thing that makes me so mad. So uh, go ahead. Go, keep going with the synopsis. We'll get to it. Sure. Well, what were you going to say? No, no. Go well, ahead. just Nathaniel. So basically Adam goes to, you know, Richard Salton lives on this big estate, and he they basically become friends right away for no reason, and then uh, Adam's going to inherit everything because Richard doesn't. It's kind of like House of Usher, right? The, yeah. You know, Richard Salton doesn't have any heirs, and he found Adam, and he's so happy about it, he's going to give him everything. And there's no there's no adjustment for Adam at all, by the way. He just no. moves into this little 
English village and is fine with it. And he loves it. Uh, Everybody loves happy. it. And he, the first girl he meets, he decides he's going to marry her. Right? I mean, it's ridiculous. No. Like, well, no, no. I thought he was into to Lila and not or Lila and not uh, um, not Mimi at first. And then he. Gets oh, into I thought Mimi he was always because, into Mimi because Mimi is. Um, yeah, no, no. He's into. I think it's Lila's. Uh, or, I thought it was Lila. Lila. Well, I think people had two L's in it. Oh, Depends on where it's from. I found a pronunciation. I like you said Lila. That's funny to me. Let's I think, call no, it Lila. Lila is um, the Norwegian pronunciation of it. I found a pronunciation of it online, and it was Lila. Oh, is wow. how they pronounced it. You did research. I did. I, uh, I, I won't I call her Lila. T- I spent time on this, man. No, I know. I did, too. <laughs> Unfortunately. Anyway, what I was going to say is there's chapter after chapter when Nathaniel goes... Now that we have you here, I'd like to tell you about the history of this place, because basically they have a home on this larger estate that's in Mercia, right? Yeah, I guess since that's pronounced, sure. This is like a Roman ruin, or it it predates Britain, Mm -hmm. uh, and and the Romans had their settlements here, and then it predates the Roman settlements as well. So this is that kind of idea of this Panhellenic world in England. Right? I mean, Lovecraft goes over this kind of stuff, too. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's extra sinister because Romans used to be there for some reason. Basically, that they're used. there's a whole thing they go into, too, where they say paganistic rituals happened in certain parts of the area. But there was a convent on Lesser Hill, which is where the girls live. Mm -hmm. So there's goodness in that part. So all of these parts of the estate are supercharged with different things. But every time they start talking about this stuff... They break. Nathaniel goes, all right, well, I'm tired now. we got to go to bed. Yeah, we'll but let's tomorrow. pick this up later. And then the next day they get up and they have breakfast and then they talk a little more. And then they go have cigars. And then it just is structured so stupidly. Yeah. There's no reason for them not to no. share all of the information right away. No. Or lots of like, well, I can't talk about it right now. Let's talk later. It's like, why? Why can't you talk about it right now? I don't understand. There's a lot of that in this story, which um, uh, maybe he was getting paid by the word or something. And I don't know. Well, the most... To- he, he wasn't creative thing. enough to find ways to stretch it out. I have no idea. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But when they're giving Adam the history of the whole place, they're like, it's also timely that you've shown up now because the heir to the Caswell, Caswell estate. Right. There's as, this big... It's a ca- Casa Re- Regis or Regis. Uh, Regis? I thought it was Regis, but... I like to call it Regis, but in, yeah. you know, in the Latin, Regis the royal Catholic. thing, it would yeah. be Regis. Yeah, but let's call it Regis. That's great. Yeah. Ca- Castro Regis. That is this big castle that has been there forever. Nobody remembers it not being there. It's been modified over the years, but even the oldest historical account of it says, yeah, that castle's been there for a while. So it's this old castle up on a hill. Cool. That sounds cool. I'm into that. It does sound cool. And there's some kind of strange history where the heirs of this castle keep going abroad. There hasn't been an heir living in the castle for 100 years because there's always some kind of fight in, and whomever is supposed to inherit it leaves, and you're not really sure why. So I thought maybe it's haunted, or there's something, yeah. you know, really interesting that's going to pay off. Of course, no, it really, nothing really doesn't. Nothing. Pays but off. the new heir is showing up, uh, Edgar Caswall. Mm-hmm. He's coming into town at the same time as Adam. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, Nathaniel, or maybe it's Richard, says, "But you know, they have a history of being able to mesmerize people and hypnotize them." Yeah, just that they're really charming, or they have powerful will, or the, the deep brooding eyes. Whatever, you know, it's it's so annoying. But he's got some kind of supernatural power, and that's it. But on their way, to, they're going to go meet up with this guy because he's the he's going to be the the heir of this large area, kind of the the head yeah. honcho of the whole thing, right? So, and when he shows up, it's going to be a big event. And I I was thinking, okay, so this is basically he's rewriting Dracula. It's the guy from a foreign land who's going to come into this English town, and you know, there's a couple of girls, a, a me, 
Mina and Lucy character mm-hmm. that he's probably going to go after, and they're going to have to band together. And you know, they were setting it up like that, but then they introduce another character here that I and that was true. The antagonist is, and that was our our opening uh, reading was kind of that introduction of her Arab Arabella. Arabella, yeah, Arabella March. She was married to a guy who had killed himself. Uh, she's super blue blood. She inherited this place, but her f- money's running out, and she needs to marry somebody. So she wants to marry this Caswell guy. And she's creepy, and uh, snakes are afraid of her, and she dresses in white all the time. There you go. Something going on with her. Anyway, they go, and they see Caswell show up, and then he's kind of a jerk. I mean, that's the, he's just very icy, and um, the lady apparently wants to, you know, she wants to hook up with him because, obviously, he's super wealthy, and that would be a good marriage. Yeah. So she that seems to be her she's, yeah she's the no, she is the highest nobility in that area and he is the highest male nobility of that area so, so they're a perfect match she's like yeah. no problem they have this party and there's this these two girls they're not sisters but they they're cousins they mm. but they were raised together Mimi and and Leela I thought now I could be wrong I thought that our man Adam had the hots for Leela but Caswell was using his mesmerism powers on her and <laughs> and then he goes complaining Adam goes and complains to to Sir Nate and says hey I'm not gonna I can't compete with a guy that can mesmerize chicks what am I supposed to do and he yeah. goes just give it the give it a go and so he still tries to woo her and then there are these scenes that happen a couple well, of but times. hold on I, I so but yeah we got to get into that but I thought I was confused about it, too, but at first I thought that he was into Mimi right away. She was inseparable from Leela, and that's the reason that he was concerned. He didn't like what Caswell was getting up to because oh. this was the good, good, good friend and, and sort of adopted sister of the girl that he yeah. liked. Well, so I thought he was always into Mimi. Yeah, they're cousins. Yeah. Uh, but super close, like they, you know, they're always, t- you know, holding on to each other and stuff. It doesn't matter. It's written so because, terribly that it's because hard you find to out that Mimi has got a super willpower. She's like the Jean Grey of the story, and yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, and but but these scenes, dude, they're ridiculous. They're <laughs> so there's we we hear about this because Adam is telling Sir Nate about what happened. So it's from his perspective, but basically he goes over to to their house to those to these girls houses and Caswell is there and Caswall excuse me Caswall mm-hmm. is there and he's trying to have a conversation while mesmerizing them so everybody's yeah. kind of sweating and nervous and freaking out but they're banding together with their will to sort of stop his mesmerism power it makes no sense it because everything seems proper yeah everybody receives each other they go over to Caswalls it's all very fine and proper yeah. and they're having tea and then he just starts staring at Leela. Yeah. And it's are like, people still carrying on conversation? Yeah, well, this is like, how it's... When, <laughs> when Adam is describing it, he says... All the time Mr. Caswell was staring, he kept his eyes fixed and motionless, but not as if he was in a trance. His forehead was wrinkled up, as it is when one is trying to see through or into something. At the best of times, his face is not a gentle expression, but when it was screwed up like that, it was almost diabolical. It frightened poor Lilia so that she trembled, and after a bit got so pale I thought she'd fainted. However, she held up and tried to stare back, but in a feeble kind of way. Then Mimi came close and held her hand. They braced her up, and still, never ceasing to return a stare, she got colour again and seemed more like herself. Did he stare too? More than ever. Oh, what, dear God. what is going on? So uh, the, and this happens a lot in yeah. the story. Well, then, then he comes back and tries it again, but this time, um, 
Arabella's with him, and so she kind of gives him psychic support. Oh, we completely forgot about Unlanga, his mm. his um, black African servant that he got in, and there is some of the racist stuff I've ever read in my life in this in this story. It puts Lovecraft to shame. I was starting to think that maybe my drunk dad wrote this story, and it wasn't Bram Stoker <laughs> at all. I think sometime in the eighties, he said, "All right." Chad's not paying attention when I tell him to hate black people at dinner. I know he likes this Dracula guy. What can I do? All right. I'm Bram Stoker. He's scared of worms, right? right. There's a white worm. It's in a place. All right, whatever. Now let's get to the stuff. All right, you can't trust black people. They'll all turn on you. I mean, the stuff that is in here is like... Is beyond. It's just, yeah, that this guy is this despicable person <laughs> that he is the lowest of all human life forms because yeah. of his race. Everybody agrees on that, too, in the book, by the way. The oh, heroes, right. the villains, everybody, they, they all yeah, think. Like, oh, well, he's African. You can't trust him. No. So he comes in, and he's kind of giving some psychic support to Caswell as well. So, yeah. gosh, it's really annoying. But Caswell <laughs> doesn't... <laughs> Caswell's not really into Lady Arabella. He wants to mesmerize. He wants uh, to mesmerize Leela. Leela for some reason, but I don't. And he keeps really trying to do it. I don't know to why. To marry her? And to to what? I don't. He wants to dominate her. Just oh, and that's God, it. It's so stupid. Just, when the guys are discussing it too, Adam goes, "I felt like he was a hawk and she was a dove." Oh, and they God. go, oh, "Is there anything? What, what made you think that?" You know what my favorite thing is? The conversation <laughs> they have that's the most idiotic is when. Uh, <laughs> And they, they treat it like it's a Sherlock Holmes novel or something. It's when Adam sees the snakes, you know, in that scene where we heard about right in the right. beginning with Arabella showing up. He sees yeah. the snakes. He goes, all right, there's snakes around here, so I'm going to go get a mongoose. So he goes to the mongoose store, and he gets a mongoose, and he's just carrying it around in a box. And there's a scene later where Lady Arabella's everybody's always leaving their house and just walking around. Everything's very Shakespearean here in that they all walk around and follow each other everywhere. That's always yeah. happening all the time. So Adam is following Lady Arabella, I think, and... At some point, she, his mongoose gets out of the cage and runs after her like it's going to attack her. And she whips out a revolver and just shoots, shoots it, which it. is... She's got a revolver. <laughs> Where was she keeping and so, it? I don't know. And so later, and nobody finds anything odd about this. There's also a pattern in the story where Lady Arabella will do insane things. Yeah. And then she'll, everybody will pretend it didn't happen, even though she's the villain of the story, mm-hmm. I, I think. And... But she shoots the mongoose, and later Adam's talking to Nathaniel. He says, what can we infer from the fact that the mongoose tried to attack her? <laughs> did you read that? Uh, yes, I did. He of says, I, I don't know. what can how, how does the mongoose treat other people? And he said, well, it's quite friendly with other people. Yeah, so yeah. what doesn't it like? What other animal doesn't it like? Well, it doesn't like snakes. Yes. Well, wait a minute, huh? Hmm. It doesn't Perhaps like we snakes. can spend a few pages wondering if Lady Arabella is a snake. I mean, it just makes me, it's so insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, also, there is a, a legend about a, this giant worm, and when they say worm, they mean dragon or large, giant white snake. This is based on a myth that's actually up in Yorkshire uh, right. called the Lambden Worm. There's this worm that gets thrown in a well, and then they meant to kill it, but then it ends up growing big, and every time you chop it, it just grows back together. And mm-hmm. so this knight gets this idea of having this armor made that's got. S- uh, spearheads pointing all out outside of the armor. So when it constricts around him, it cuts up into little pieces. But then it still reforms back together and he goes, okay, I got an idea. 
he goes into the river and then when it gets cut into little pieces it the pieces run down the river and they're separated so they can't reform back together uh-huh. and he defeats it then there's also a curse that happens where whoever kills the this worm he must kill the first thing that he sees mm-hmm. living thing he sees or he his family will be cursed forever and right. so he knows this and he tells his dad to send out the dogs afterwards and he'll give a signal or a whistle or something send out the dogs but of course his dad freaks out and is so excited that he killed the worm he forgets to let the dogs go and he comes over so he sees his dad first uh, and then yeah. he won't kill his dad and uh, then his family's cursed now this is an actual legend and right. there are this is a guy who had descendants of of the area up here for the first five or six generations they die in kind of mysterious ways or in battle and things like that. They don't die of natural causes. But then after that, you know, people start living. So the curse kind of just peters out. They talk a little about the well-known legend of the worm well of Lambden Castle yeah. and a couple of mm-hmm. these things. And Nathaniel's aware of them. And he says something when he's talking about those legends that I think is probably what Lovecraft sparked to. He says something. Here's just a short excerpt of one of the things sure. he says. Who can tell us when the age of monsters which flourished in slime came to an end? There must have been places and conditions which made for greater longevity, greater size, greater strength than was usual. Even in our own day there seems to be traces of animals, if not the animals themselves, of stupendous size, veritable survivals from earlier ages, preserved by some special qualities in their habitats. I think that's probably, you know, yeah. what he, Lovecraft's talking about in Supernatural Horror, where some of these ideas are really good, but the storytelling is so idiotic it just destroys it. It's terrible. Yeah, but that's a cool idea, and, and that's something that I think Lovecraft borrowed from a few times in, in some of his writing. So yeah, it's cool. But the story... Uh, well, it, l- let me just skip ahead of some crap. Basically, Mr. <laughs> Caswell continues to try and mesmerize Leela. There's some kind of... Uh, Lady Arabella continues to try to marry Caswell. Uh, yeah. Adam wants to marry Mimi, and Ulanga comes up with some crazy plans. And he's in love. Well, he's in love with Lady Arabella. Oh, yeah. At one point, he confesses that. (laughs) Yeah, and she she wants, and she's like, you're insane. You're a a black person from Africa, and just goes and rips into him about how horrible of a human being. Or he's not even human in her eyes. No, he's not human. It's horrible. It's just this horrible part. And eventually, she ends up killing him in front Mm -hmm. of Adam, and... There's this right, weird... because there's this pit. That... Yes, that's the pit with the worm. Supposedly, he's going to be in this pit. Yeah. Uh, the worm is in that pit, and for some reason, they're all around the pit. People keep going around that pit. And, yeah, she's in there with Adam and Ulanga, and she's struggling with Ulanga. Well, there's a part where she runs into Ulanga, and she's scared he's going to try and hurt her, and Ulanga goes, give me your revolver, and she gives it to him. Yeah. I don't know why. Adam shows up. He's got a revolver, but she grabs Ulanga around the throat, and she jumps into the pit with him. Yeah. Right? And then and, and then <laughs> Adam leaves, and then she's not in the pit. She's just standing around. Uh, and then she writes with, him a letter and says, I hope you didn't misunderstand what happened. He tried to steal some a necklace or something. And yeah, There's her, this thing where she rat. does crazy stuff and then tries to act like nothing is happening, and everybody mm-hmm. goes along with it. At some point, Nathaniel goes, we need to get Mimi out of here, so you guys need to get married. Which yes, the, they the do. The line of reasoning there is ridiculous. He goes, he goes. She needs some kind of protection. I think the protection that only marriage can afford. Okay, and he says. So we need to get married immediately. Nathaniel goes, that's a good idea. And he says, but we need to get married in secret. We can't tell anybody. And I was like, well, well, then how is it affording any? I don't understand what he's talking I mean, about. I don't know. It could be supernatural protection if they're oh. like in some kind of holy union that 
God will protect him in some way. I don't know. That's probably exactly what it was that I missed, actually. Because the whole story's stupid like that. There's that uh, weird kind of, if you're into the Lord, you'll be okay, but then they don't really expand on that at all. No, it's only it's it's kind of implied, really. And I don't even know if that's the right... If I'm inferring the right thing or not from this, but that's yeah. what I got out of it. So... Who well, at one point, the worm comes out, actually comes out of the pit and tries to attack them when they're out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Was, yep, so yep. I I don't know. They keep talking about how the worm well, they get a, and Lady Arabella and they get a, are the same thing, but I it's obviously there's also a monster. There's a big monster. There's a giant worm with uh, green glowing eyes. It, that yeah. is, it's actually a literal worm. It's not her. No, she doesn't. She doesn't her. turn into the worm. She's just connected to it. Well, what happened to her was when she was a little girl, she got bit by a snake pretty much almost died and then came back from that even though she they said that she was going to die and when she came back from that coma or whatever she was um cruel and like tortured animals and did all this stuff and i was obviously changed by whatever had happened so she's got like part of the spirit of the worm in her or something like that it doesn't i don't know it doesn't make a lot of sense but the protagonist adam and uh sir nate are like well we're gonna have to take care of this so let's blow the damn thing up. Let's just get some. But hold on, there's a part where they run away. Yeah, they go. They go to before they come up with the plot to blow everything up. They get married. They have a secret mm-hmm. marriage. They yes. can't let anybody know. But then Lady Arabelle finds out about it anyway. And then she says, "Come over to my house." Oh right. And Nathaniel <laughs> says, "All right, well, we got to go over there." So they go over there, and then she has all like, these booby traps. She has all these booby traps, and and Nathaniel's like, "Be careful! You never know what's going to happen. And if I ever grab Mimi and start going, you just grab her too, and let's just run because we know things are going to go badly." So first they show up, and there's a whole thing engineered where she gets Mimi to get close to the pit, and then there's all this slippery stuff on the floor, <laughs> and she almost slides down and dies. And Adam grabs her at the last minute and brings her up again, and then they act like nothing happened, and they yeah. have more tea, and they're hanging out. It's and so then, weird. And then uh, the lights start to dim, and Nathaniel goes, "That's it!" And he runs over and he grabs Mimi because the <laughs> and and Adam grabs her too, and they run so fast they jump in a carriage, they go out and they get on a ship, and they're gonna go to Australia because there's yeah. so much danger. And then they're on the ship, and Adam says, "No, we need to deal with this. Uh, let's turn around and go back." So the whole right. thing was for naught. And then they come back, and then. <laughs> And then Lady Arabella acts like she didn't try to kill them or that nothing was going on. And no. she, in fact, tries to – she makes a real estate deal with them. Yes. That they're, that out of nowhere. going to sell her land to him so that he could make pots out of the clay that's around the hole. <laughs> well, she wants – she thinks that she's about to lock up the marriage with uh, Caswell. Cas- Caswell, yeah. Uh, and so she's going to go ahead and sell her land to Adam. She just makes an offer to him. It makes no sense why she would do that or why he would accept it or why nobody's talking about the fact that she tried to kill his wife. Uh, meanwhile, by the way, we aren't even talking about what's going on with Caswell. He found out that, that his grandfather worked with Mesmer, actually the guy that the word mesmerism comes from. Right, who's okay. just a hack. Yeah, but supposedly know, he had some supernatural powers and he gets this crate and there's this mist- or it's not a crate, it's like a chest, but there's no mm-hmm. mechanism to open it. So there's this whole weird story that goes on where he like falls asleep and then it's open and then he hasn't moved up to a chamber and then it's closed again, but he doesn't know how it got open. And it has all these tools of mesmerism in it, which is, they're just kind of vague. It's like some glass bits and some tubes and like maybe it's some sort of mesmerism <laughs> machine. It does, uh, nothing really happens with it. It's no, just, especially it because goes he's, on for, he's trying to mesmerize and hypnotize and dominate Lila, uh, Leela. 
And so he's got this chest for Mesmer, and I think, oh, he's going to use that to, like, increase his power. Yeah. But he doesn't. No. Because meanwhile, they've had an epidemic of birds. <laughs> yeah. In this place. <laughs> so they have to get rid of them. Keswell says, you know, I've heard this thing that the Asians do where they fly a kite. So he gets this gigantic kite in the shape of a hawk and flies it from his tower. So the birds all believe that they're being hunted by this, you know, predatory bird. So they all fly away and the epidemic's over. But they have to leave the kite up there. Obviously, to keep themselves protected. And Caswell is obsessed with the kite, and he spends the entire book just hanging out, watching the kite. And the stuff from Mesmer's chest, he is taking out and running up the string of the kite up into yeah, the air. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense what the hell he's doing or how he's getting it up there or, or what mechanism or device or technology is being used to get these parts up to the kite. It's, it's freaking well, ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and I had no idea why the kite was in there. However, I will quickly, because we're running down, I'm going to summarize why it's there and, and, and basically the insane thing that happens. Adam buys the estate from Lady Arabella. He decides mm-hmm. he's going to fill it with sand. Right. The, the pit that the white worm comes up from. Yeah. And then he's going to use some explosive. He's going to basically lure. I think he's actually going to kill Arabella this way, too. He's going to lure yeah. her to jump down in there. They have a plan of murdering her, her. Him and uh, Sir, Sir uh, Nate the, both yeah. are. Let's let's kill her because she's evil and she's never going to give up being evil. So let's. Yeah. No authority can take care of her. We have to do it. And the monster will get killed, too, because we're going to dynamite that pit. Right. Um, we don't know how deep it is, but we do know that the sand, when we pour it down there, will make it difficult for her to worm her way back down or for the thing to worm its way up, and it'll get caught, and then we'll blow it up. Uh, so he's going to do that. And then at some point, Edgar is up there looking at his kite, and Mimi, they have another following scene. Mimi goes up there, and she's followed by Lady Arabella. <laughs> it's so stupid. And there's a big thunderstorm, a Bruin, and... He's a, Caswell's obsessed with looking at the kite, and there's yeah. some stupid scene with him and Mimi, but Lady Arabella takes the string, or one of the runners from the kite. Mm-hmm. She wants to test the depth. Of the, there's also the thing that makes no sense. They get all this apparatus because she wants to know how deep the hole is in her estate where the worm lives. Mm-hmm. And so she decides she's going to run the kite down there, the kite string. Sure. Basically, she gets the kite hooked up to the hole somehow. Yeah. And it's, then there's a big lightning yeah. strike that hits the kite and then it blows up the dynamite which blows up the house and blows up the pit and kills her and kills the worm um, right that's basically yep, that's it. it that's it you got it man and it, I, I I don't even know why we've spent this much time on it yeah whatever yeah who cares all right well that concludes our coverage of uh, Bram Stoker's Lair of the White Worm I rec- I'm really sorry folks I <laughs> will try and vet these things out better beforehand people did warn us that this was bad I just didn't think it would be could be this bad. I had no yeah. idea. It's I mean it's wow. It's to go from writing Dracula to this, I doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean he had a stroke. I mean that he must be He was clearly it. sick. So I'm sorry, audience, I I apologize. And since I'm apologizing to you, I thought maybe it might be a good apology to actually cover some Lovecraft. Yeah, next, you know what? <laughs> Since we decided not to do this over three weeks, now we've got two open weeks, and we didn't know what we wanted to do with it. Now, somebody written us, and it's happened a few times where people asked us about Lovecraft stories that we didn't cover, like the really old ones, like The Alchemist, The Beast in the Cave, uh, Juvenalia, as they call it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's stuff he wrote before he was 20, so he's pretty young, and um, some of it is even, he wrote when he was seven years old, uh, some of the stuff, <laughs> yeah. which is great, and I... And keeping this in mind, this is stuff he wrote when he was young. 
I think it's okay for us to talk about it and cover it. We're going to talk about The Alchemist, The Beast in the Cave. There's a couple others. The Mysterious Ship, The Mystery of the Graveyard, yeah, uh, The Little Glass Bottle. There's about six that they have on hplovecraft.com. I want to thank Chris Tyler again for uh, doing the readings of the story. He did a great job. He and did. I want to mention his show, which we're going to be on soon, which is The uh, Question of Unusual Size. And it is on iTunes. You can subscribe through it. The website is... Uh, the T H E Q O U S dot com. So yeah. get it through there. It's about forty five minute long show. It's absolutely free. It's a fun show. Those guys are pretty funny. Uh, it is. They're Australian. So if you like crazy accents, they've got them. A funny. <laughs> yeah. Is it that crazy? No, not really. Yeah. Something well, um, yeah. That's all we've got for this week, and we'll we'll be back chatting at you on the Juvenalia next week. Uh, I am Chad Fife, and I'm Chris Lackey. And this has been the H.P. Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com. So much pain for... Yeah, I know. For a half hour of our life.